Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. Stranger. And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That is Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We have been friends for over 15 years, and each week we call one another and we catch up. Regardless of if Twinkie boys are visiting us, we call one another and we catch up. Right, Joe? Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. You're right. We do that regardless of whether I have Twink visitors or not. I, I will always be here every single week. You can always ca- count on hearing Joe Batanz's voice with my pal Mike Lawson on the air. And we're making the joke because last week you had guests in town and we recorded with, um, or I'm sorry, I recorded with Taylor the Latte Boy from award-winning podcast Pod is My Co-Pilot. Did you listen to that episode, by the way, Joey? I sure did. I really liked it. I like any episode where it's two people and I'm not there talking about me. Sure. I could kind of see you getting off on that for some weird reason. Yeah. We didn't talk too much about you, though. No. It was just, it was just the right balance. There were nods to kind of Joe Batancisms. What do you call them? Batangents or something? Yeah. Like, um, uh, yes, uh, yes, it is, Mike Lawson, that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, Taylor kind of di- played the Joe Batanz part really well. Sure. Yeah. So what's up with you? What's going on? Tell me everything. Well, Mike Lawson, as you know, I could not make the last episode because I was hosting. Mm-hmm. Some friends from out of town. Uh, Sweet Michael. Do you remember? We've talked about Sweet Michael on the show, haven't we? I believe so. Not too much, though. I th- I kind of feel like he is a character that you just sort of assume that I knew who it was. Because, like, we would be talking and you were like, well, Sweet Michael said blah, 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 blah. And so in my head, I feel like I should know who he is. So I just kind of said, okay. He's from D.C., though. I know that, right? Sweet Michael is from D.C., as is his boyfriend, Noah. Oh, it's his boyfriend. I didn't know Yeah. That. Okay. And and, and uh, Noah and I had never met up until this trip. Gotcha. I met Sweet Michael, and we actually talked about this on the show years ago. He came out to visit with uh, former boyfriend of the show, Cameron. Right. They were college roommates They or were college roommates, got it, and he, got they it, came got out it, got to it. visit, and uh, Jose, Sweet Michael, and I... Oh, that was the day you and I were supposed to do our Catching Up with Catching Up call with Scott the Seder. I remember there was like a like a death or a suicide on the oh, subway. Oh, right, right, And I got right, stuck. Yeah. yeah. Sweet Michael. That's when I, that, that was when I met Sweet Michael. Totally. And then cool. he and I have just stayed in touch over the years. And uh, and then actually when Cameron and I were dating, we set up that Noah and Sweet Michael would come out to California. We'd stay in Malibu and the four of us would just go gallivanting about Southern California. And literally like days before Cameron and I broke up, Sweet Michael bought his tickets. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So after Cameron and I broke up, I think there was discussion of, well, are we still going to do this? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. You know? Because sure. actually, I will say this. In the divorce, it appears that I have won Sweet Michael. Okay. Did you, was um, Michael and Cameron, you know, best buddies before all of They the were. They had a little bit, as it can often happen, as, as anyone who's had college, at least even if you didn't go to college, college age roommates, mm-hmm. when you're that age, things don't always end so neatly. You know, sure. when you're that age, and you're still trying to work out contracts and leases and who owes what and who doesn't owe what and and in that sort of respect sweet michael and cameron uh had a little bit of a falling out that they made up but you know whenever you have those kinds of falling outs uh or fallings out you uh, 
<laughs> they don't always uh you don't ever you're not you're never the same and i think right. that's kind of what happened with sweet michael and cameron in fact when cameron and i were together i was the one doing all the talking to sweet michael cameron and I, sweet michael never spoke yeah well what did you guys do in la like you went to disneyland i saw that well happened. we can do it i'll just hit big stories in chronological order first let me talk about how we picked them up uh i picked them up at the airport and i made sure to be i wanted the, the car to be playing the gayest music possible so i was playing california girls by katie perry okay. but then they're like baggage was delayed so the song was just on repeat uh. For like 10 minutes, like, I, I don't think I can ever hear that song ever again, because I, I, I'm so committed to the joke, I wouldn't turn it off, Right. but I heard the song about 20 times, as did everyone in the, I think the anti-terrorism unit came by, it's <laughs> like, okay, sir, we heard that there's, like, you're trying to, you know, do some sort of noise terrorism in here, so anyway, uh, they get in the car, and we hang out for a little bit, we have lunch, we drive around LA, show them just, because Noah had never been to Los Angeles, Okay. Noah had never been to Los Angeles. So I was just sort of giving a, 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 a very brief drive tour of just one part of the city. And then at one point, we go to Topanga, which is a, a little kind of mountainy town. And we go to this vintage clothing store. Okay. I wanted to take him to the vintage clothing store. I wanted to look around. It's just, it was just like real casual. We, they came in late. And I'm sure they were tired, right? So we go in. But it's mostly Halloween stuff. So I wasn't very interested. Because you know me, uh, I'm always super interested in fashion. So uh, <laughs> when I'm at the vintage clothing store, I'm like, ugh, it's all Halloween. There's nothing fashionable for me to buy. So I just go back in the car and I'm sitting there. All of a sudden, Noah and Michael come, Mike, dashing out of the store as if they just robbed the place. Uh-oh. And they jump in their car and they're like, come on, go, 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 go. And I'm like, what's going on there? Just go, just leave, please, just leave. So I peel out of this vintage clothing store and get, get on the road. I, I still don't know if they've stolen anything. I don't know what's happened, right? And I go, what happened? They're like, oh, we just had an embarrassing encounter with a celebrity. <laughs> and I was like, who? And they're like, we were, well, we, Noah and I were walking around shopping and we saw this girl. And Mike, they were freaking out. They're like, do you think, oh, do you think we probably embarrassed ourselves in front of her? It was some girl who... She it plays the daughter or a daughter, not even the daughter, a daughter on Louis C.K.'s Hulu show. Uh-huh. And he goes, and we asked to take a picture with her, but we don't know if we embarrassed ourselves. Oh, my God. Right? Did they take a picture with her? Yeah, they did. Okay. But they were like, oh, my God, it's so embarrassing. I can't believe we did that, right? I'm actually going to cut to, so that's the first day. Now, five or six days later, yeah, six days later. They become super jaded in L.A. in like six days. Because six <laughs> days later, it's Noah's birthday. He gets a spray tan. He gets a spray tan, and then he um, <laughs> was wearing puka shells. And no, we puka were at... Shells. I don't know. A puka shell necklace. <laughs> He's so, jaded to L.A. and found a time machine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he had frosted tips. So um, basically, I'm describing Ryan Seacrest. He became Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> So we're now at Barney's Beanery. My friend Melissa McQueen is hosting the karaoke show. We're having a great time. It's his birthday. We sing happy birthday to him. McQueen, Melissa McQueen says, oh, you know who's here? Tom so-and-so who played Draco Malfoy in Harry Potter. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and he's kind of hot now, right? Mm. No? 
I don't know. I I feel like all of the like ugly kids from Harry Potter got hot, and all the like cute kids from Harry Potter got ugly. Well, he could have the case. He, he, it was it was very. Um, I don't want to use a name here. There's somebody else we know that we think is very dirty. Okay. He's very dirty. Okay, like needs a good power wash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a power wash away from being hot. Cut the hair. Did you look him up? No, I'm, oh. I'm just thinking of the person you were talking about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was gonna make a joke that was like revealing of who you were talking yeah, about, but I exactly. stopped myself. Always late. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> has a weird. <laughs> I can't. You're gonna have to edit it out. No, no, no. no, no. Okay, I don't want to edit things. So, um, so as we're walking out, we walk by this Draco Malfoy, right? And Melissa yeah. says, "Hey, Draco Malfoy." She says his name, but I'd rather say Draco <laughs> Malfoy. She goes, "I wish she didn't, though." <laughs> she goes, "Hey, Draco Malfoy. This is uh, my friends Michael and Noah, and it's Noah's birthday." And he goes, "Oh, hello, happy birthday, Noah!" Right? And we move on. They act like Melissa had a homeless person's happy birthday. Like they, well, he looked like a homeless person. They so don't care, right? Yeah. They're like, oh. And I was like, but if it was if it was a kid from Louis C.K.'s Hulu show, maybe they yeah, would. And maybe I, it has I, to do with the the their interest in Harry Potter, not their interest. No, in they love celebrity. Harry Potter. Oh, really? Yeah, I ask him in the car. They're like, I go, they're like, oh no, we're big Harry Potter fans. Yeah, yeah, big part of our childhood. Huge. That's a huge deal. And huh. I was like, and not caring? He's like, hmm. I mean, we didn't want to bother him. Just don't care. Yeah. Huh. Uh, but, but I'm caring about the chick from the, like, some weird whacked out thing. Okay, next. The next day, we go to see a screening of Moonlight. Have you seen this yet? Uh, no, but it's on the list of things I want to see that Steve will not enjoy. Oh, no, no. You have to. In fact, I have a story about that, actually. The same thing happened to Richard. Yeah. And Should Richard's- I make Steve go? Well, no, Richard's therapist. Remember my ther- remember Richard's therapist was my therapist for a second and she yelled at me and told me I was fat? Yeah. She told him, "You don't need your boyfriend to go with you. Just go." Sure. Right? And he was like, he was like, "Oh, okay." And he went. And he was actually glad. Yeah. Uh, well, my plan was to go one day after work this week and to see it. Yeah, just do it. I, I based on what you've told me, Steve wouldn't like it anyway. There's no explosions. Right. There's no kung fu. Yeah. So, yeah, he wouldn't like Unless it. Unless the kid turns out to be a robot in the end or something nope, like that. He's nobody's a robot. But I will say, so like I was already interested in this movie just by for people who don't know, Moonlight is a, a gay movie but takes place like in the, the you know, a, the area where a lot of black people live. I'll say that. Okay. So, um and everything that comes with that. And so I was already excited cuz I even if it was like your stereotypical gay movie, it, I've never seen it in a setting like that. Sure. So I was sort of excited, right? And also, this screening we were going to was going to have two of the actors from the film there uh, doing a Q&A afterwards. Okay. So not this is not a movie review show. You haven't seen the movie. I'll just say this. I think it's one of the most important gay movies in the past 10, oh, 15 wow. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, okay. great, great film. Great film independent of the gay stuff. Anyway. We go to the screening. It's at the Cinerama Dome, which is one of the most famous theaters in the world. But it's huge. It's gigantic. It holds probably like a thousand or more people. And we sit close to the front. Okay. Who's we? I oh, Sweet Michael, with. Noah, and I went oh, to the okay. screening. Okay. Yeah, because they were they they like they wanted to go see this movie, and there was a Q and A, and so they're like, oh, okay, that they never get to see that stuff in DC, you know. So. <laughs> We go to this. They never see important people like the president in DC or anything. Yeah. 
Louis um, C.K.'s kid. Yeah, they never get to see important black man answering questions in D.C. So, <laughs> so we're sitting in the front of the theater. Movie ends. We're like, yes, this is great. There's a Q&A. And just as I had told them, you can only really take about 10 minutes of a Q&A. And then you're like, ugh. Sure. Yeah. So I turn to them and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. We're, we're done. We've heard, we've heard what we're going to hear. And I go, yeah, but you know, guys, let's just, we'll wait until... There's a, a nice pause, and we'll quietly leave. So the actors answer a question. There's a pause as they look for another question, right? And I go, okay, let's go. And I'm only one seat away from the end of the row. Okay. The guy next to me, the guy between me and Freedom, <laughs> doesn't even move or stand up so I can walk out, right? So I'm trying to, like, squeeze by him. Mike, I trip over his foot. Oh, no. And it's not even like a, it's like a, ay, 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 ay. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like spinning in the aisle. And there are these giant curtains. And I'm grabbing onto the curtain. I'm like, ah, ah. And like everybody in the theater, the actors, the audience, everyone is now staring at me. Uh Of course, my great friends, Michael and Noah, just walk out of the row as if they don't know me. Totally, and they're just gone. Keep, yeah, they just keep staring straight ahead as if, like, I don't know who this maniac is. That Michael said he did toy with the idea of filming me. Like, it was so long of me. It wasn't like a just fall. <laughs> it was tumbling, twirling. And I kept and I kept going, that's when the Mexican comes out. Because I was saying, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I was going, ay, 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 Dios mío. Right? And I was like, oh, Mike, it was so embarrassing. And I fell down hard. Oh, no. It was so, so embarrassing. Okay. But you got out alive, so. Got out alive. And uh, so then another thing we did was, so one thing, I mean, I called him Sweet Michael for a reason. He is literally one of the sweetest human beings you will ever meet in your entire life. Just like so cute and so sweet and like the nicest person ever, right? Sure. So we go to the Magic Castle. There's a big Magic Castle Valentine's Day, uh, I don't know if I'm, uh, Halloween event. And actually, we went back to that vintage clothing store and bought costumes. We bought <laughs> um, matching playing cards. We were giant playing cards. They were like sandwich boards, uh-huh. but they were just giant playing cards. Okay. Cute. So we all three of us went as playing cards. Okay. And of I course, didn't see that on Facebook. I can send you a picture. I, th- I put it on Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah, me and Michael. Actually- so if you want to go see what the costumes look like, go on Instagram.com. Uh, my name is Joe Batance. Very difficult Instagram name to guess. I don't know how anyone would guess that. And you can see yeah. the picture of me and Michael in our sweet Michael. And you're like and- private about it. You don't want everyone to know that it's Instagram.com slash Joe Batance, right? <laughs> no, I want no one to know this. <laughs> so anyway, so, so it's the Magic Castle. Everyone is loving, loving these costumes, loving it, right? Oh, my God, yeah. that's so great. And make dumb jokes like shuffle along or uh-huh. uh, is this your car? Like dumb jokes, right? Okay. So it's the end of the night. We're walking around and some girl who's drunk and all she's wearing is like a dumb dress and like horns you bought at Party City. Walk straight up to us. And Michael always remembers the exact quote. I don't remember it, but she goes and walks up to us and she says, Oh, so you're a bunch of playing cards, huh? That's all you did was just put on playing cards? Nice try, I guess. (laughs) And walks on. Now, I'm... Comedian Joe is 
already she's with her friend by the way and i'm already like calculating like the perfect i'm crafting the perfect joke and like where the where the sentence is going to end on the right word that's going to cut her down sure before i can even get a word out the girl's already walking away by that point before i can even say before i can even open my mouth my, my lips they can't even part to move sweet michael just goes fucking bitch <laughs> and the, her friend goes <gasps> and i was thinking about it and i go that was kind of the right that was the perfect thing to say to her sure like sometimes fucking bitch is just the right comeback well it was biting enough that it would kind of penetrate her weird was she drunk a little she wasn't like sloppy drunk uh, i think she was just a fucking bitch I just feel like not a lot would have penetrated kind of that exterior. Yeah, that, yeah. Like a witty joke, she would probably either not understand it or not want to understand it. So, or she could always just cut it down with like, "Oh, yeah, good one" or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. But what do you say to fucking bitch? And that was exactly <laughs> what she. And she literally just walked up to it. It wasn't like she was saying to friend as she walked by. She walked up to us and said it. So now we were about to leave anyway. So we go upstairs, and now she's at the bar. And we're leaving. We're leaving. But at least, like, at least your costume is themed to the location where yes. you guys are at. Too. Or it's not like she's like in an elaborate costume, like she's like the Wicked Witch of the West and super. No, like she's wearing like a party dress and horns. Yeah. And was costumes required? Yes, like, costumes were required that oh. night. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, it wasn't even like she was in some super original dress. It was crazy. Okay. So I don't know. So we're leaving, right? I'm walking out. I said, I think I'm going to try and go to the bathroom first. I go to the bathroom. I come out. Michael, Sweet Michael's at the bar. Cause, oh, by okay. the way, this girl's at the under, other end of the bar. Okay. And I go, and Noah's just like standing around like whatever, right? And I go, uh, I go, Sweet Michael, I go, um, what are you doing? He goes, ordering a glass of wine. <laughs> and I go, we're leaving. He goes, oh, it won't be long. And I go, oh, no. No, 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 no. He was going to throw a glass of wine in the girl's face. No, he was not. He was. I, but that's what I love. He was going to order a glass of wine, <laughs> sign the bill. Like that's put a, not true. Put a $2 tip, right? Is he a housewife of somewhere? Like I don't know. Who's doing this? I don't know. Which, by the way, <laughs> let me plug my new show on Sirius Satellite XM Radio with Larry Flick, one-on-one -on -one with Larry Flick. Every Monday is at noon talking about the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Anyway, starting oh, really? today. Yeah, starting today, actually. Today's not Monday. It will be when the show comes out. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we were recording. <laughs> so, yeah. So I had to like drag sweet Michael. By the way, I'm telling you, based on what you're hearing from this story, you would think he's not the sweetest person ever, but he is the sweetest, sweetest, kindest person ever. I will say this. That night, you know, Noah was very tired and... Uh, he went to bed as soon as we got in, and Sweet Michael and I stayed up talking, and we were just having a real heart-to-heart -heart just about life and everything like that. By the way, I got to tell you before I finish the story is Sweet Michael and Noah were the best house guests I've ever had. Good. They were fantastic. Is Noah a little bit older than Michael, or are they the same age? You know what's really weird? They're all exactly the same age. Michael, Noah, and Cameron are just weeks apart from each other. No, Michael's birthday is coming up today, actually, as we speak. Today is Cameron's birthday. Noah's birthday is a couple of weeks ago. They're all 23. 
So Cameron's birthday's on Monday? Oh, is I'm it? sorry. Cameron's <laughs> birthday is Friday. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. That's interesting, though. Uh, okay. So finish the story. So we're just having a heart-to-heart. Okay. You know, we just get into emotional territory. And Michael's one of the few people that I can talk about Cameron with because he actually knows Cameron very well. Sure. So yeah. I would, And what's funny is, I'm not going to get into it, it's not what the show's about. There's just been a bunch, you know, the, the trip was kind of emotional for me because there were a lot of stuff Cameron and I planned to do with Sweet Michael and when we did them during the trip. So obviously Cameron would be on my mind. Yeah. A couple other things happened before the trip that put Cameron in my mind. Cameron was just on my mind a lot. And Sweet Michael says, and I said, you know, I was saying, you know, the only thing that's weird to me is I just want to know. The only thing I want to know is that I meant something to Cameron. That's the only thing I want to know. I just want to know that I meant something. And Michael sighs and he says, well, I can tell you and I promise you uh, that you did. Sure. And I said, uh, well, how do you know? And real quick, pause for a second, because I kind of, I don't want to shit on this story, but you you know that you meant something to him. It, I think what you're looking for is some sort of, like, recognition of that. Well, you like, know, be, I can, Be I, honest. Like, well, well, yes, but I think I can share something now that I don't think I shared at the time, um, which is the moment that, and this is one of the reasons why I used to say, you know, it, we, it was mutual, but I looked, I put it in the envelope and Cameron... Uh, lick the stamp, lick the envelope, put the stamp on it, is once the decision, at least in his head, was made that we were breaking up, Yeah, he got very, very cold. Sure. And very cold. Like, he completely shut off and turned on almost a robot. And I was taking it all in, what was happening, and he actually asked me to leave. Yeah. I think I may not have said that on the air. I think I may have told that to people privately. Mm-hmm. Um, but he asked me to leave. And, and, and I could defend that a little bit just as a person. And you know this um, from our interactions and from seeing me in other situations. Like that's how I respond to difficult emotions a lot of times is I shut everything down. Mm-hmm. And instead of like anything falling apart, I kind of just like close up shop and yeah. you know pull down the – storm shutters and everything and that's just how i deal and i know that it is difficult for some people to process especially people like you who i feel like you are fairly good at expressing your emotions and you want to have conversations about emotions and i need space before i could do that so that i don't say things i don't mean you know yeah so well um well we were having that conversation and um you could understand the why i would be like i don't know if i meant anything because to me was everything a lie? Did everything happen? What, what's going on? And um, he said, no, 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 I can tell you you meant something to him. He goes, I was, I didn't want to ruin this trip, but I was toying with the idea of whether to share this with you. And then he showed me a text message that he got. That, that he got that day, Mike Lawson, that fucking day at 530. Okay. Dude, Cameron, Cameron knows that he's there. Like, oh, at least yeah, that's, social that, media I think that's, stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, I've seen it on social media. And it said, hey, tell Joe he's a dickhead for reaching out and building a wall all within an hour or two on multiple occasions. That's aggressive. But more so, I love and miss him more than anything. If he's ready and willing, I'd love to open up a geyser of jokes, feelings, and conversation, if only for an hour. That's nice. It is. And I will say... 
that uh, I, I was able to kind of let it stay away from the trip. But as soon as Michael and Noah had left uh, the next day, it was on my mind a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I talked to friends about it. And that's going to be story number two. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. <laughs> What's going on with you, Mike Lawson? Um, nothing. I'm trying to decide which story I want to tell first. I have a couple. One, um, they're all really small, though. The first thing I want to do, though, is acknowledge catching up listeners for submitting Big Blue test entries. We're sitting at oh, yeah. 360 entries, which has resulted in $1,080 raised for diabetes charities. Wow. Um, all kinds of people. Gary McCoy, Phyllis Luke Miller, Larry Fit- Flick, Kelly West, Alexis Wall, Carrie Scandy, Scandy, mm-hmm. Aaron, Beth. I mean, I this list is very long, so I can't go through all of them. Um, Gus Chad is at the top with 135 entries. John Arts is below him with 36. What so, about Hulutsky? Uh He has 12 entries at this point, which Maybe is Maybe because you said his name wrong. No, he's done a few since then. Hilke. Oh. Is that how I say it? Hilke. I don't know. Now I forget. He sent us the phonetic spelling, though. Oh, he did? Yeah. Uh, or maybe he just sent it to me if you don't remember. But anyway, uh, I'm blown away by how wonderful Catching Up listeners are. Like I said, together we've raised over $1,000 for diabetes charity. So thank you guys for stepping up and proving that small steps can have a huge impact. Well, I have a Um, question. Now it's time for the weekly tote board. Uh, Let's look up. Drum roll, please. Mike Lawson, please tell us right now the grand total number of entries by Joe Batanz. Zero. You're a lazy fuck, Joe. And we're... (laughs) Are we not friends? (laughs) <laughs> you've done zero big blue tests this year and 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 you've done zero through catching up that's true but you've also uh started this year with like you know what i always say i'm gonna do it but this year i'm gonna fucking do it mm-hmm. and you haven't done it once you never how much how much time do we have left till till november 14th well you never know mike you never know sometimes maybe i'm one of these um like the the silent majority supposedly behind Trump, sure. Or I mean, you could also submit entries that you've been doing since October fourteenth. So people could potentially submit one hundred and fifty sure. big blue tests right this minute, mm-hmm. and they could catch up to Gus Chad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's also worth mentioning, friend of the show, um, John. John Marty. Um, it's so weird because I've been using his real name to promote stuff too. I don't know. I'm really confused about how to keep secret identities. John Marti is not his real name. Um, so I, uh, um, listener of the show, friend of the show has helped us collect over 8,857 big blue test entries, um, from students at the school, which has resulted in more than $26,000 raised for charity. So. That's awesome, um, and I'm super excited about that. And We've given him praise from the Big Blue Test website and stuff, too. Now, cause... you haven't talked about your appearances on One on One with Larry Flick on Sirius XM Radio promoting Big Blue Test. What do you want to know about it? Friend of the show, Larry Flick, has had me on, and we 
talked about diabetes. It was actually a very momentous day because it was the day the Lady Gaga album dropped. Mm -hmm. And it was the day that Larry Flick was celebrating, in a weird way, his the heart attack he had three years prior. And mm -hmm. he was kind of celebrating life, and the new Lady Gaga album was giving him life, and it was just like perfect storm to talk about Big Blue Test and diabetes and diabetes charities. So that was fun. Let me tell you. Let me tell you this. I want to talk about this Larry Flick. Yeah. <laughs> this Larry Flick. I go on this Vakakta show with him every week with this RuPaul's Drag Race, this uh, this upcoming Real Housewives of Atlanta. Sure. He's so dismissive towards me. That's not true. He was so excited to talk to you. <laughs> and he told me, he told me to my face that you're his favorite on this show. <laughs> I do his show every week and I'm not his favorite. Well, maybe that's why you're not his favorite because he knows you. Do you know what I mean? Like we often talk about <laughs> when people meet, and that's not a dig on you. When uh -huh. people meet me, I think that they kind of are like, the some of the enchantment goes away don't you think so well and so maybe he's just like really getting to know you and he's like eh. his whole thing is well i think that you and i are very similar and mike lawson's so different so i'm fascinated by him and i'm like okay whatever uh, real different all right one's interesting one's boring <laughs> by the way i sh also would like to mention on the last episode of catching up uh when I was chatting with Taylor, we talked about professional cuddlers. And um, I think this is going to be kind of an ongoing thing with us. If there's any kind of areas where we are discussing that could be up for dispute, I'm going to throw up a Twitter poll. And 88% of uh, catching up listeners say that they would no way, in no way, would they ever be a professional cuddler. But 12% said yes way. So it's good to know. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at CU Podcast to see these polls in the future. I have a sneaking suspicion uh, Scott the Seder was one of those people who would professionally cuddle. Um, I, yeah, maybe. Let me tell you I that. Know, I speaking of Scott the Seder, though, don't you think Larry Flick's voice sounds so much like um, Scott the Seder? Why Do would you, see? Mike? Larry? Well, now I know I'm the favorite again. Why would you insult Larry Flick like that? It's not an insult. They just have similar voices. <laughs> I want look from what I just said. Someone's insulted. I don't know who it is, whether it's Scott or Larry. We've just insulted either one or both of them. Um, speaking of heart attacks, actually, and this is not one of my stories, <laughs> and when I'm stepping on your story, is as anyone should know, before we were, we were supposed to record like an hour, no, more than an hour ago. Yeah. And I still had, like, Mike had said he would be on a phone call till 11. So I figured it was like 10.45. You know, I'll give my mom a quick call, say hello. Right. Because I wanted to tell her I had read this article about how people who have high blood pressure or suffer from anxiety should just stay away from the news this weekend up until after the election. Like basically sure. telling people how to cope with, you know, you know, because people who are pro-Trump, you know, they are, are anxious. People who are pro-Hillary are anxious. People, I don't know where the never Hillary's are on this. But uh, what I was going to say is, so I call my mom and this is a true. So, you know, my uncle passed away, right? My mom's right. brother. And my mom's brother was very religious. In fact, he was a minister or a pastor at his church. And okay. obviously, you know, was more conservative and was, even though he's a very, very, very kind man, very nice man, and I think actually this shows this, was very religious and so thus pro-Trump. Okay? Okay. Sure. And has always historically supported Republican candidates. Mike, he died of a heart attack 
the day the Billy Bush video came out. Oh, wow. So I call my mom and I go, I really think Donald Trump killed my uncle. Joe. No, I'm I, I'm not I'm not being funny. That sounds like I'm being funny. So here's what I know. The day that the video came out, a cousin said, who's pro-Hillary, so actually my cousin killed him, said she had called him to sort of tease him. To rub it in. To rub it in. And that he was really upset about this video. Yeah. And um, because I'm sure as a, as a religious man, he was very conflicted because there was this guy he was supporting. And now he, this video came out of him saying these things. And then he died of a heart attack that night. Yeah. Well, it is kind of interesting because, like, people on the right tend to be, like, mm, they tend to value, like, morals and that sort of thing. And then the guy at the top of the ticket is, like, you kind of have to suspend that to support him, right? Yeah. Is there any other way to kind of reconcile that? I can't think of it. No, I think that's, I'm not even joking. I think that caused him a lot of distress. I'm not even being, I, I know it sounds like a joke, but I, yeah. I really wasn't being funny. But as you know, as I was t- sharing with Mike, all that's all I said. My mom sure. was like, you know, maybe that's true. Mike, how long did we have to wait for? <laughs> About a half an hour. My mom did a half hour monologue that went into like the history of our family and my history but then of my it uncle. Got- it got to the point where Joe is like, okay, I'm about to say goodbye. Hold on. Wait, one minute. Yeah. Oh, shit. Now she's crying. Yeah, she started crying. <laughs> so we were, you were ready to like hang up, but then yeah. she like, you, it got to a point where you couldn't just like. I couldn't. So I was like, we gotta wait till this is done. So we did. But um, yeah, this, this, po- this political season is really, really affecting a lot of people. Anyway, what, the, what else is going on with you? Well, I also, I mean, this kind of is in a weird way related, maybe. And going back to your uncle, though, like, I don't think, but like politics didn't kill him. Donald Trump didn't kill him there. I mean, he was living in a body that was. Yeah, he was stress away from one, you know, bad kind of incident away from. Yes. And that's what I told my mom, too. Yeah. Right. Um, it, It just sucks that politics is what is could have potentially pushed him over the edge, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of the edge, I, on last episode, talked about anxiety that I have been going through and sort of um, panic, panic attacks isn't the right word, but something going on with, like, the mental and the physical kind of colliding in this ugliness. And uh, since then, I have actually... That's my grinder uh, headline, by the way. Say it again? What is it? Uh, the mental and physical colliding with this ugliness. Sure. Is it a successful headline for you on Oh, yeah. Gets a lot of the guys. <laughs> the self-hating ones, yeah. which is one out of three. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, I have since seen a therapist. Mm-hmm. And meeting number one, I think, was really good. Some of it was like um, rules of therapy, so to speak. Like, um, I don't know, just kind of housekeeping kind of stuff. But You I, know what's weird is... Your therapist sent me a picture of the little notepad he had, and it was your therapist is a really good artist, but it was a, a sketch of Dexter that he drew. Oh, uh huh. <laughs> What's funny is I have a buddy of mine named Taylor the Latte Boy, who's yeah. also a therapist. And um, after the conversation that we recorded and published last week, um, and then I when I saw the therapist, I text taylor and i was like hey just so you know i saw a therapist and i also mentioned how and this might be placebo effect or i it could be deeper than that but like just the relief i have for taking 
that first step of yeah. like seeing somebody like it no, just I've been feels there. like yeah. I'm going down the right path. I'm doing the right thing. You've turned the corner. Good. Yeah, it feels good. Um, and so I mentioned that and he said, that's great. Um, he wonders how long it'll take my therapist to know that you, Joe Batanz is the root of all my problems. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how long that takes, but it is good. It's going good. Um, we've talked even a little bit about some of my work stress, some of my diabetes bullshit. Mm-hmm. I found a therapist that uh, specializes in chronic, helping people deal with chronic conditions mm-hmm. as well as LGBT stuff. So both of those things are in his bio. So it's almost like he was, re- he was, made for me you know god he can make a killing at pride 48 yeah (laughs) so that's good um and what about you i mean i i guess it have you even told a personal story yet i feel like all your yeah i did with about sweet michael and noah oh that's true that's true your last story about your mom you were like this isn't my story but let me talk for 30 minutes (laughs) it was two minutes okay i know where your mom gets it with the phone stuff now Right? Like, I'm like, no, because the okay, difference guys, is, the episode's almost over. The difference is, Mike, I didn't say a word. In fact, I tried FaceTiming you so you could, you denied it. Yeah. Why? Why? Because I wasn't in a place to be seen. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. So I was going to FaceTime you just to film the phone of her not stopping. And she sure. never asked me if I was there. For all, like, she knew I could, the phone could have dropped 29 minutes before. You could have hung up. Yeah. She wouldn't have known. She wouldn't right? have known. So I was very amused by that. I was literally doing other chores around the house. I sneezed in another room at one point. I thought, oh, she's going to know. And <laughs> no, it didn't register at all. Uh-huh. Um, what, well, tell me a story. What's going on with you? Well, like I said in the uh, last uh, story. You ended with a cliffhanger. Ended with a cliffhanger. I was very, very troubled by the text message okay i didn't know what to do troubled in what way like- well there was a, i was conflicted i'll use the word conflicted okay. i was conflicted in that i had no desire to speak to cameron right but i did feel this enormous amount of guilt that i wasn't giving him the opportunity to speak so what i mean is and we may or may not have talked about spoken about this in the show during the past five months or four months since Cameron and I broke up, I have on a couple occasions on a 100% of the time being drunk, mm-hmm. um, reached out to Cameron. And when I did, I would immediately block him again. So I would unblock him, send something, and then block him. Sure. And that's what he's referencing in that text message, that it was unfair of me to do that and then not allow him the chance to respond. Okay. So one of the times... Well, one of the times wasn't like that. One of the times I remember, I, did we talk about this in the show where I sent him a copy of The Little Prince? Yeah. Okay. Then the only other time was on the last concert I went to at the Hollywood Bowl and we saw the band ELO. I filmed ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, filming a, uh, singing a song called Telephone Line, which was a song we both liked. It didn't have any special meaning to us at the time, but is about a person calling someone they had broken up with a long time ago. Okay. So I filmed the live performance of it at the Hollywood Bowl that he and I would have been at, and I sent that video clip to him, and I sent a text message with it. And then... And then blocked the, him. And then I blocked him immediately. So 
I felt this guilt that, you know, that was very dicky of me to do. You know, that wasn't fair. Um, I'm sure that if he would have done that to me, I would have been really upset. Sure. And that wasn't right. And so I was conflicted because I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to open myself up to vulnerability again to him. But yet I was feeling guilt for clearly it bothered him enough where he mentioned it. And it, it, I felt guilty that it had bothered him. Because in my head... Those two things are very much in conflict with one another. Because it's not like, I don't want to talk to him. What you're what you're actually saying is like, I don't want to hear from him. Like yes. you're not in an emotional yes. space to be able to hear from him. Plus you feel guilty that he isn't able to talk. So like those two things, both of them can't exist at the same time. You're right. And so yeah. I was very conflicted. And uh, so, you know, most of my friends I'd spoken to... We're like, no, maybe you shouldn't talk to him, yeah. you know, just just leave it. And then um, Mercedes and Shannon the next day on Monday now were like, what's wrong with you? No, that was dicky of you to do. You should at least give him. You should unblock him, at least. You don't have sure. to call him, but you should unblock him and give him the opportunity to talk. So I was like, okay. And so then I unblocked him and I said, you know what? I'll just text him. Okay. And I text messaged him. And of course, as these things go, especially with Joe Batance, it turned into just a huge shame spiral of text messages. Right? Now, I will say. Before he ever responds? Yes. Just, uh, well, because he wasn't responding. Right? (laughs) And so. Yeah, but maybe he's like. I don't know, taking a shit or well, no, in a movie I will say or... this because you know, Mercedes asked me later when I talked about this. I never attacked him in those. Right, right, right. right. Because so, people go like, oh, were you like, oh, you're a dick for not answering. No, I just didn't shut up. It, I, was yeah, basically... I, didn't, I didn't think that you attacked. In my head, I saw you being like, I don't know, saying something like, hey, I, got, I saw that you text Michael, right? And then a minute later saying, I don't know, just like overthinking what you yes, just said. Yes. And you're like, yeah. I'm sorry. I said I liked the message. I didn't mean that yes. I liked you and I'm still in love with you. I'm sorry. Like, just yes. like weird. Not that I'm not like in love that. with you. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mike, yes. And there were very sweet things in there. And what's funny is he just never responded. And I even called him a couple of times. Oh, God. Like, it went crazy, right? Yeah. So then... And this is precisely why he's blocked, so that you don't have yes, this kind of, like, overthinking yes, bullshit happening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it's not just against him. It's against me as well. Yeah. Like, I know how I am. And now I've just opened up this floodgate. And here's the thing. And I don't... We, you know, we, we talked about Cameron, and I make passing references to him. But here's one thing I'll say before this event, before Monday, before finding out that Cameron had texted Michael. I will mm-hmm. say this, and I told anybody in my personal life this. I was amazed at myself how strong I was after this. Like, sure. I, like before I dated Cameron, I was such a strong person. And then while I dated Cameron, it switched and I was, became weak. I was a weak person. I got sick all the time. I was uh, having stomach issues. I um, was getting angry. I was testy. I was, sh- you know, sh- short-tempered. I was the, a, a person I didn't like. I felt insecure. I, I, did, I felt awful, right? And in fact, even pointed out that I wished I could be the Joe Batance that was on Catching Up, huh. right? Those those two personas had split when I was dating Cameron. There was pers- there was Catching Up Joe, and then there was Joe who dates Cameron, who is a weak, weak, sad, sad man. Okay, okay. 
And I was proud of myself that after the breakup, that the personas fused back together. And in fact, not only that, I was stronger than I'd been before. You know, I was, before I even dated Cameron, I was stronger. I had a purpose. I was going to school. I was on RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. I was on this Larry Flick show. I was working towards something with this program I'm going to apply to. Um, I'm doing stuff with SAT and ACT stuff that I'm working on. Like, things were fucking happening and... It was good. Life, I was more creative than ever. I was writing. It, like, so much was happening. And also just even what was going on at school. I was standing up to this English teacher and standing up to this math teacher. And, like, I was just so proud of how life was going. And it's so funny that that one text message to Michael brought down that whole house of cards. Sure. And so by, by Monday, definitely, I was back to that weak person. Yeah, And I think probably what happened was, after I broke up with Cameron, I, I mourned a little, but then I boxed up all those emotions and put it away. I never actually really processed it. I think, I mean, I don't think you were doing it wrong, though. I think that that's kind of part of it. Like, you do have to box it up and set it aside and take care of you and, you know, get your footing going. Um, that was a weird way of saying it. Get Get some footing some sturdy footing, right? Like mm-hmm. rebuild you and it might take a little bit of time, but then you take little, you open that box up and take little pieces out one by one and kind of put them in their proper place. So I don't think you were doing it wrong, but I don't think you were at a place where that box was put away and dealt with for sure. Well, I also don't think I'm ready to deal with what's in that box because look how I got on Monday. Sure. I, th- I think you you maybe are ready to deal with parts of it. You, I feel like... Cameron relocating is kind of part of all of this and you process that and I don't think it was easy but I think that that was something that was processed in a healthy way and you were working through that but you're not I don't think at a point where you could communicate with him and well obviously did he ever message you back well I want to say something first is so I was talking to Mercedes and Shannon about it later and I was talking about these text messages I showed them to to them i showed the text messages to mercedes and shannon and they were like oh my god oh my god oh my god right and i was like are you embarrassed i'm like no here's the one thing i don't know if you have anybody like this with the one thing i'll say is i was never embarrassed about i was embarrassed for myself but i wasn't embarrassed for the camera because i was i said cameron and i have both seen each other shit the bed already Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So when you've been through that with somebody like that, especially the only thing I would be embarrassed about if I said anything cruel to him, I didn't. It was always right. nice. So me overreacting like that, like that's that's a two on the scale of he's, Joe Batant's drama. Right. You know? He's not surprised that that came at him. Yeah. Right? He know he knows that's in you. <laughs> yeah. So Tuesday morning, I actually happened to wake up early, but five thirty in the morning, uh, my time. I get a phone call from one Cameron. I almost said his last name. I got a phone call from Cameron. Okay. And I spoke to Cameron. Does he, he not know that you're in a different time zone? He does. He probably was hoping that I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, he was maybe hoping for voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, speak to Cameron, and it was a very, very nice phone call. It was a phone call. It's weird. You know, there's this phone call when you're going through a breakup, especially one like the one I had, where you have a fantasy of what that phone call would be like. And it's completely 100% that fantasy, you know, where it's, he was in an Uber okay. on his way to see his grandmother. He was, had bit, the reason he hadn't responded to his text, my text messages initially were because one, he was in Boston 
with his sister and a friend hanging out for the weekend, but then also he said he didn't have the courage. Sure. And now he was embarking on an 11-day road trip with his grandmother before moving back to California. Oh. And so, um, yeah, he was only in New Hampshire temporarily on an internship. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you didn't either, right? I had found out a little bit a few days before. Oh, okay. So he was only in New Hampshire for an internship temporarily. And uh, so he was time for him to move back to California. And he told me that he still loves me. And he loves me just as much today as he did uh, when we were together. And that uh, he thinks about me all the time. He did listen to, he's only listened to one Catching Up episode since we broke up. And it was the one about the breakup. Ew. And he, he said it was very hard on him. Sure. Um, he did get the video that I sent him, and he said he was mad because he responded with "Hello from Adele," and that I obviously didn't get it because I blocked him. Um, and it was it, it was one of these things where I told people it was there, there be, be, apart from what I just told you, there was I mean we talked for about twenty minutes. There wasn't that much substantive information. It was like a very sweet catching up type call. But there was right. all that subtext beneath it of all this, like, because what we both said was, well, he's going to call me when he's done with this road trip. And he's going to, you know, he's driving back from New Hampshire to California. So clearly he has a lot of time on his hand and he wants to have a proper conversation then. And uh, when 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 that happens, then we he and I will have a proper conversation about everything. But most of it was just about really silly stuff about Michael and Noah's trip and about just not, but it was like that, like understanding, like we've been through something and we both love each other and he misses me and I miss him. And that was said and it was still there. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where are you at though? Like in your head or well, you... it goes back and forth. So I was like, of course I was ecstatic that day. But since then, I go back and forth. Like, this morning, I woke up and I was like, not fuck him, but more like, I don't... First of all, I should say this, Cameron, and this is something I struggle with, Cameron has never lied to me, ever, ever. Mm -hmm. And every time I thought he lied to me, I would try and, like, catch him in the lie, and I would be the one that was wrong. Sure. You know? But I still find it hard to believe that he would go on an 11-day road trip with his grandmother... Over his birthday. This is this is unhealthy for you, Joe. That's what I'm like, saying. But no, a but week so then, ago, a week ago, you didn't have conspiracy theories in your exactly, head. Exactly, exactly. That's what I was thinking about this morning. I said the fact that I'm even questioning it means I'm not ready. Yeah, that's so, so. So that's where I was going. The fact that I'm even going there means I'm not ready for this. Yeah. Yeah, I want to live a life where I don't care. Like if you if you're gonna lie to me, then that's the story you want me to know, and I move on with my life because that's more important to me right now. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't need that. Well, I'm not obsessing and, over it. It's just something I thought about this morning. But yeah. also, I, you know, I was talking to Sweet Michael about yeah, it. Yeah, but and also like try to figure out why you were getting stomach aches all the time and your health wasn't good. Like, imagine the headspace of like. Yeah, no, I don't want to have stomach aches again. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And I think that's on you. Like, I no. think it's worth mentioning that there are awful people in the world that give people stomach aches because they lie to people. But that's not what we're describing right now. I really do think, like, you're 
like just obsess over stuff in your head and you you know bring that on yourself i'm not saying that cameron's a liar no yeah michael asked me that when we were texting and i said look here's the deal though this has nothing to do with cameron i said because cameron and i aren't dating sure he can go he can go on a fucking camping trip with whomever he wants yeah and he could tell you he's going with the village people or whoever he wants he could say he's going with whoever that he he owes me nothing any any anything that i'm feeling i wrote this to sweet michael just an hour ago, anything when we started the show, anything that I'm feeling is on me. That has Good. nothing yeah. to do on Cameron. I am not mad at Cameron. I don't. I again, like I said, he's never lied to me. It's even unfair for me to even assume he's lying. Like here's the thing too, and it, that lie makes no sense. If Cameron were a liar, he'd be a better liar than that. Why would he say his grandma, which is so easily, you know, he could just said some friends on from my internship or these my sister and her. Like that would make more sense to lie because I couldn't catch him in that, right? Yeah. Like, why would he, like, the grandma is so easy to catch. Like, so I don't, that's what, that's, an, I, who cares? Why am I still thinking yeah. <laughs> about it? Right? Right. Yeah. So the point is, like, I realize that, and that's what scares me is not, I don't, the, the lie itself, if it's true or not, I don't care. The, what's bothering me is the fact that it's even running through my mind. Yeah. It's like, I'm not ready for this. And so, go, so to answer your question, those concerns popping up in my head make me question whether I'm ready for that conversation. Right. So what do you do in 11 days? Do you pick up the call? Do you let it go to voicemail or what? I don't know. I don't know. I ha- well, no, I don't have 11 days. Now I have seven. Yeah, I don't know what how you would do, how you deal with that. I don't know. Cut to Taylor Latte Boy right now is texting me. Yeah. But right now, but Taylor, I do want you to text me, please. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Last time you made that joke, he put the phone down, he said. So. No, Taylor, don't put the phone down. Text me, please. <laughs> Free I'm putting. I'm, what do you think the Taylor uh, bat signal is? Um, it's a Starbucks logo. <laughs> it's a Tervis tumbler. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Wonder Woman sign. It's oh, that's exactly what it is. I'm I'm beaming the Wonder Woman sign into the air, Taylor. Hey Joe, real quick, I wanted to tell you. Um, in the past, I've talked about my wonderful new work um outfit or whatever I call it, work uniform. And I have since moved my work uniform into something I do like pretty much every day. So I wear a collared white shirt. I have different pants. I have khakis. I have blue pants. I have jeans. I have the pants I could vary. And I have the same socks. I've gone as far as doing underwear. Like I got rid of all my underwear except for these MyUndies that I got. Um, And I'm satisfied. Mm -hmm. However, so every Wednesday I work from home. Uh, in a typical week this Wednesday did not because I had some sort of video shoot at the office Mm -hmm. and so I Wednesdays are the day I do laundry and there's a problem when I have one week worth of clothes and I can't do laundry I need more than a week's worth of clothes but I feel like I won't use it very often do you follow do you follow my dilemma here no well the dilemma is that on Thursday and well, right now, but I slept. I'm kind of wearing my pajamas still. On Thursday and today, I had to rewear underwear that I have already worn because oh I got rid yeah of yeah everything, and I couldn't do laundry. So yeah, I know you're bummed. That's why I intentionally buy way more clothes than I would ever need. So I have my yeah. uniform, but I have way more black shirts and underwear than I would ever ever go without without laundry. Yeah, I might need to buy another week's worth of uniforms to make this whole thing work. Mm-hmm. But. Um, so do you have other 
stories? I mean, we're almost an hour in. Do you want? No, we can save them for next week. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Here's the deal with Sweet Michael and Noah. I'm sure there's. I'm, I'm so unfortunately, audience. If there's a hilarious story that I remember, then I will probably remember this. You know, I'll probably just bring it up then. You know. Okay. Yeah. But. Uh, but those are the, the big stories I can remember from that. And then, like, I'm sure there are other stories, but I'll just save them for next week. Okay. Sounds good. Remember there uh, to follow us on Twitter at CU Podcast. And uh, if you want to log a big blue test and be entered in the brand new Catching Up with Catching Up uh, contest, do it by logging 14 to 20 minutes of physical activity at cupodcast.com slash big blue test. Thank you and good night. Wait, did we find out what we're doing this week? Oh, shit. What are you doing this week, Joey? By the way, my week is so boring. That's why I'm like... I have no plans. Yeah. Oh, no. You I'm know, go- um, um, Mercedes X Nanny is opening a restaurant in Alhambra. I'm probably going to go to that event tomorrow. And okay. then... That's all I got. I'm going to hike to some sort of um, f- waterfall near Point Reyes this weekend. Uh, with Steve, and I'm kind of getting ready for my uh, uh, week weekend of camping alone, which is mm-hmm. coming up in a couple of weeks. So that's pretty much it. And I, a bunch you know, of work I, shit. I, I'm really worried though with your um, with your depression and then going and camping on your own. Well, I think they are related, but I think that I see it as like a solution. Like I'm gonna disconnect. I'll bring my. I'll have my phone, but I'm gonna just kind of go and relax and not be connected to all of this. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm excited to hear about it or hear about you being missing on the news. Yeah, missing's an op- one of the options that I like. I you made jokes about me going to like commit suicide or something, and that's not where it's at. But me being not um, skilled enough to survive. <laughs> In the wilderness for two nights alone, that's possible. No, wait a minute. I could see you being one of these people, though, who just intentionally vanishes. Oh, like moves to Mexico? Yeah. Like doesn't tell anyone where they're going? No, I'm not, though, because I, and let me tell you why, specifically why. There's a very specific reason why. I enjoy and get off on the attention I receive online. Mm-hmm. Right, so like I'm, o- I always have a blog. I'm always drawing stupid pictures and publishing them and getting praise and likes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I couldn't live without that. So if I left, I feel like I would start a blog, like missingmikelawson.com <laughs> or something, and I would run it myself. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I would do a podcast with a guy named Like Mawson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Hey, uh, uh, thank, thanks for listening. Uh, my name's Like. That's Joe. We've known each other for. 10 days (laughs) yeah um i live in a place where i won't disclose and joe lives in la yeah um hey it was nice catching up with you joey i'll talk to you soon go to hell mike thank you for listening to another episode of catching up Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Uh...
um, yeah, I mean, it, um, uh, um, 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 uh, um, use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.